BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey folks, this is the Lakers Legacy Podcast, and we are proud to announce a partnership collaboration with a brand new podcast app. If you're looking for a new way to listen to podcasts that's a lot more interactive and fun, well, look no further than the cooler podcast player on the Apple Store. The app that makes sure you never miss the hottest sports talk by the cooler with like-minded fans and listeners of the same community. So download the Cooler Podcast Player on the Apple Store, search for your favorite podcast, specifically look up the Lakers Legacy Podcast, we are up there right now, subscribe to our Cooler page, click on one of our episodes, listen away, and then join the conversation by commenting away down below on each episode. Add some emojis, like the cringe emoji, because I know that I can be quite cringe. Ask us questions about specific points we made throughout a specific episode. The Cooler Podcast Player is essentially like Reddit, but curated and consolidated per podcast community so that you can join the conversation in a safer, more intimate, and less trolly space than other apps like X. And you can do so with other like-minded Lakers Legacy Podcast listeners. Also, you're likely to find one of us commenting and replying back to you guys directly within each episode feed in the comments section. So grab a drink, make your way over to the cooler, and join the conversation now by downloading the Cooler Podcast Player app. Make sure to add the Lakers legacy to your queue, and let's keep the debates and discussions going beyond the final sign-offs you hear from us at the end of each episode. The Cooler Podcast Player. Listen, then speak your mind. All right, welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where de-loading, more like de-unloading, am I right? 
Well, I actually have no idea at the time of this recording whether we've actually unloaded D'Lo yet or kept him. But regardless, welcome to another trade deadline-centric Lakers Legacy podcast episode. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and today I'm once again joined by the Late Night Lake Show podcast, Omar Siddiqui. Omar, welcome back. It's been so long since we've last talked. It's been too long. I actually forgot to congratulate you. You got engaged. I did get engaged. Yep. Congrats, I got engaged man. and I moved too. So it's been a crazy month. Oh man, that's that's a lot going on. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been great to have positive life stuff going on in the middle of such oh, a wow. crazy yeah. whirlwind Lakers sports land. So yeah, yeah I hear you. <laughs> um, with that said, Omar, I'm excited to have you on for this episode because we get to do what we like to do best. And that's just throw trade shit at the wall, tr- throw trade targets to the wall. And Omar, I'm doing a very dangerous thing here, a a podcast sin, as some may call it. I am recording this episode with you a few days prior to when I'm actually going to release it. So by the time the audience hears this, who knows what the hell has happened in the NBA trade landscape. So I'm just crossing my fingers that uh, and hoping that most of what we say in this episode isn't totally outdated by the time I release it. But because of that, Still make sure to stay tuned to the tail end of this episode because we are going to be talking about some potential buyout guys that the Lakers could look at. And that's a topic that I feel like should still be relatively evergreen. And yeah, it should still be relevant regardless of whatever happens trade-wise with the Lakers or any other teams. So buyout guys at the tail end of this episode. But first, Omar, for part one of this show, I wanted to talk to you about the quote-unquote Rob Palenka move we didn't see coming. Over the years, there have been a number of Lakers potential trades that have been heavily publicized that didn't end up coming to fruition. Now, the AD trade did end up coming to fruition. And I actually think this narrative is a little bit overrated (laughs) because, uh, for example, the AD trade happened. That was heavily publicized. The Buddy Heal trade should have happened that was heavily publicized and it was going to happen till at the one yard line, they decided to pivot to Russell Westbrook. So, um, so there are instances where that narrative hasn't necessarily been true, but for the most part over the years, Rob Palenka has largely come from left field with one or two trades that no one was really talking about prior. So under that premise, let's talk about the Palenka trade we didn't see coming and see if we can predict some, trade packages or trade targets this trade deadline who could both help the Lakers cause, but again, who also haven't been heavily talked about by the media. Before we get to some of your names really quickly, what are some skill sets that you're leaning towards with regards to what the Lakers need? They could always use shooters. They could always use big men, et cetera, but like nail it down to like two, two skill sets. Yeah. I think at the top of my list is point of attack defense. Um, Mm. And I would say, just a addition of athleticism um, from from the guard spot. So I think those two kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just having, I think we talked about this at last year's trade, trade deadline, which is kind of sad, but we don't yet have a big lumbering, like big, yep. that just goes out there, uh, can rebound the shit out of the ball, <laughs> the ball um, and just takes up space and, um, you know, wreaks havoc, which, you know, you would think isn't hard to get, but, you know, the Lakers have missed a lot on on bigs. They just haven't prioritized that aspect for whatever reason. Um, For me, I spot on. I agree with you 100%. 
with regards to what you said first about a physical point of attack guard, that's number one on my list because I feel like as well as Max Christie and Cam Reddish have played at times this season, I'm not sure if you can re- rely on either of those guys if we're lucky enough to make it to the playoffs. You know, So I would actually like a more trusty, experienced version of Max Christie and Cam Reddish, who is, like you said, is a little bit athletic, can move their feet, are still physical. Hey, if Max Christie and Cam Reddish are still alive and kicking by the time we reach the playoffs, great. But I would just like to have a more experienced version of, of those two, you know? So that goes in line with a point of attack defender who's physical at the guard spot. And then, of course, please, let's finally get a backup big man just for insurance, you know, because Christian Wood cannot just be our, our lone backup big man for the entirety of if we're able to make it to the playoffs or not. So with that said, let's get into the Palenka deals or trade targets we didn't see coming. Why don't you kick us off, get us started? Do you have any trade targets in mind who you could see the Lakers swinging a trade for that we haven't yet heard? I got two, and I'll I'll start with the uh, point of attack guard spot. Um, Two names I have. One is Mr. D'Anthony Melton on the Sixers. Mm. And the second guy I have is... Chris Dunn on the Utah yeah. Jazz. Both guys that are super versatile. Um, I think Chris Dunn was a lottery pick when he was first drafted. So mm-hmm. he ha- he definitely brings that cachet. But they're just, you know, overall like plug and play type players. Like you could you could throw them in any lineup. They're going to impact uh, not only defensively, but they uh, Chris Dunn brings some playmaking ma- chops. D'Anthony Melton, uh, we know him. Like I think Lakers draft Twitter was super high on him when he was uh, when he entered the draft. But uh, he can put the ball in the hoop uh, from three, three level score. Um, I think on any um, contending team, he would make an impact. So those are my two guys. What, what do you think of Chris Dunn and Melton? I have those guys circled as well. They are, yeah. I I love D'Anthony Melton. Now he's he's undergone some injury issues this season, but I think he's about to come back for the Sixers. He's been in and out of the lineup. But D'Anthony Melton is like fully realized prime Avery Bradley to me. You know, whatever yeah. we were trying to use Avery Bradley for that championship season, that's D'Anthony Melton right now. Except I think he's a little bit more dynamic. He can play make a little bit better. Whoever Frank Vogel thought he got in Avery Bradley, that is actually D'Anthony Melton, you know? Uh, It's not just optics with his defense and his versatility. So I love D'Anthony Melton. Chris Dunn, I feel like just most underrated defender guard in the league. I think Zach Lowe called him like the best guard defender, you know? Yeah, I was surprised to hear that because I I, I think Caruso would be up there. But he's been phenomenal. Yeah, and he's, he's athletic. He, so... His offense is clunky AF. I'll say that. He like drives into the lane and likes to put up these very awkward like floaters that remind me of Vanderbilt. So that part of his game I don't love. <laughs> but yeah. what I do love is he's long, he's lanky, he's a he's an elite defender on the perimeter, but he's actually a really good playmaker too. So it's almost yeah. like it's kind of like getting Caruso, like with no offensive skill. Without giving a first round pick, hopefully. So yeah, without right? you, no, totally. You could probably just get him for a second. So Chris Dunn and DeAnthony Melton, I feel like would be very underrated pickups by the Lakers. That yeah, nobody has really talked about. Do you have any other names uh, in the other categories that you that you spoke of? I do. So uh, these may be um, they're like my premier, like kind of dream ideal type things. But um, Kobe White 
Uh, I love his game and man, I, I mean, obviously I think his price is a little too high now yeah. just because of the way he's balled this season. But like, I, I was really high on him as the, like the, the Chicago Bulls closed out the season last year. And I feel like he's just kind of, um, like a smooth operator when it comes to like just pick and roll and just getting to his spots. Like I was watching the game last night against the Suns, man, he can get to the paint. He can get whatever shot he wants. And he's like a really, really good three point shooter, like really consistent now. Um, and he doesn't get hurt. He just plays every game. He, his defense has gone up too. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just think like now with, with everything that's going on with Levine and all that stuff, like he, he's just so hard to pry. I, I feel like from the bulls, yep. And then the other guy, which was surprising to hear in the news, but Herb Jones, I, I think the Pelicans mm. need to kind of figure out what they need to do because uh, they've kind of hit uh, on a lot of their draft picks and they have to figure out who to prioritize. That would be someone who I think would just be a perfect player to mm. add to our core. And uh, I don't know. Do you know his contract situation? I think he's up for a qualifying offer, right? Or something like that in the I offseason. I think so, but... I am genuinely you, you that one you pulled out of your butt because I did not have that one on my list and I have a pretty extensive one. So actually yeah. his contract is and this is probably part of the reason why New Orleans may want to dump him. Although I don't know. He's pretty much on the mid level for the next four years. It's like 12 million this year, 12.9 next year, 13.9 the year after that and then 14.8 when he's they can have Gabe Vincent in a few seconds. <laughs> Hey, they can have Gabe Vincent, exactly. They have too many Herb Jonesy type guys anyways. Yeah, you know? no, so, I mean, look at it. They have Dyson Daniels, Trey Murphy, uh, obviously Ingram Hawkins, plays at fourth spot. Uh, Hawkins Alvarado. Well. Alvarado. Like, it's just, they got to figure out what to do with that. So I, I really like, I really like the Herb Jones one. That's a really good one. Um, some other names that kind of fit the bill of, of this type of physical defending guards you talked about. At the top, for me, would be Quentin Grimes, but oh yes, I thought of him too. Kind of like your Kobe Jones pick, I feel like he would go for more on the open market. You know, yeah. But Quentin Grimes to me is like that is Max Christie fully realized. That's your three and D guy who can actually hit threes and also play defense. He doesn't need the ball. You know what I mean? Like he'd be perfect, good size, six five. I just don't know whether the Lakers would you know be willing to give anything up more than a second round pick, and I don't think the Knicks would do that just for a second. Although. I think they could use Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent sounds like a Tibbs sort of player. You know what I mean? They, yeah, they've been looking does. for backcourt help, and a guy who defends like Gabe Vincent would probably help that team. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. Quentin Grimes would be at the top of my list. After that, I would look at a guard that the Lakers played recently in the Brooklyn Nets, Dennis Smith Jr. Oh, I think Dennis Smith is probably the more well-rounded version of Chris Dunn because he can actually attack downhill. He can actually finish in the paint. He's hitting threes sometimes. He can also play make. He is just like such a ball of energy. And that's, there's probably no no more athletic guard than Dennis Smith Jr. right now that you, that can be had on a veteran minimum contract. So yeah. Dennis Smith Jr. is another guy to keep uh, a lookout for. And then my very dark horse names that I don't think anybody will have guessed, not even you, Omar, <laughs> would be... Cody Martin out of the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, yeah. And his twin, Caleb Martin, out of the Heat. I don't know if we can pry Caleb Martin from the Heat away. He's only making $6.8 million, but he is an expiring contract. And his twin, Cody Martin, is also on an expiring contract. He's been a little dinged up this season, and he's been in and out of the lineup with injuries. But Cody Martin, 
I, this is kind of lowest common denominator type stuff, but he plays exactly like Caleb Martin. It's just he's been injured the last couple of years. But if you can get in on the ground level of Cody Martin not yet becoming Caleb Martin, feel like the Lakers should do that. And while they're at it, tack on Nick Richards with him. You know, they are on very reasonable deals at this point. You pretty much are able to achieve both of the skill sets that we've been clamoring for a backup big man and that point-of-attack defender guy. Cody Martin does not shoot the three-ball as well as you'd like him to, although he shot 38%, I think, two years ago. But to me, Cody Martin is the more experienced, fully-realized version of Max Christie, and he's also freaking athletic, and I know he does the dirty work type stuff, you know? So to get another 6'5", physical defender type guard that will be amazing obviously if you can get the more fully realized version of cody martin and caleb you would do that right but you know there's a reason why you're paying less so get the the lesser twin while he hasn't popped yet you know what i mean so any thoughts on those guys no yeah those guys are awesome like i think um they play with a lot of effort and i think that's something that's missing with our team from night in night out and Whenever they're out there, they're always trying to make a play at the ball. They're, they don't give up on loose balls, 50-50 stuff. So that type of energy is contagious. We've, we saw that last season when with Vando on the team, and he's starting to pick that back up this year. Um, and I think it's definitely time for Rob to call our good old friend Mitch and, and yep. give us a little, you know, do us a little favor. Because if we're getting Nick Richards back plus Sparin, I'm doing that deal 10, 10 times out of 10. So Nick Richards, we need Nick Richards. Let's just, before we get into the big man, that is the backup big man to get that. He's also a Kentucky guy. So him and AD will have that Kentucky bromance going on. He is seven footer. He's a seven footer with a seven foot four wingspan who actually has a free throw stroke. He's making $5 million a year. Like throw some seconds that dude's way. It's so easy. And we have a relationship with Mitch. So just do it. All right. Why don't we take it to break? When we return, we'll get through some other additional names in different categories and also go through some buyout names. But for now, we will catch you guys after the turn. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, so we are back. Omar, do you have any trade targets in the big man category or any other uh, positions of need with still in the line of thinking that this is a trade target that we didn't see coming because Palinka pulled it off? I do. I have um, another player on the the Utah Jazz. His name is Kelly Olenek. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like this is the type of guy that I've wanted the front office and the team to go get for a while. Um, man, he's, he's kind of like a Swiss army type of big, uh, he's solid, uh, can shoot the ball space. Uh, he's actually a really good playmaker too. Um, kind of like a, I don't know if I can make this cause you, you love making these comparisons. Maybe a poor man's Gasol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just, he's just solid. Uh, I think like in any lineup, he would make a lot of sense. And in, in also, I also had Goga Betadze. Um, yeah. depending on what the magic are doing with, uh, Wendell, Wendell. Carter Jr. Uh, they also have Mo Wagner as part of their big men. And I guess Jonathan Isaac plays a little fives and Paolo too, but like, 
I would definitely make a call there. It looks like they already have some sort of working relationship because we did uh, trade for Mobamba last season. Um, Goga's been like solid. I think I, I saw him in a lot of like top 10, top five, like type of like defensive metrics. Um, that's another great like center big man to, to go get. Like he just doesn't make a lot of mistakes, protects the rim really well, uh, rebounds. Um, it's, it's just be like, I, I think at this point, any big man who does those things is a massive upgrade to the overall floor of the team. And I think they're, mm-hmm. you know, between Nick and, and Kelly, they bring like a little different flavor, but like, it, the deals are there. Like, I don't think we would have to give up a lot to make it happen. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. It, it seems like at the beginning of the season, they were relying on Goga a lot. But then once Wendell Carter came back into the fold, they've started Wendell again. And now Goga's getting DNPs. So it's like, yeah, man, if you can get Goga for like a second, definitely do that because he is that burly big man down low who will block shots you know, create some space in the paint, foul people if you need him to foul people, get rebounds. Like, that's the type of solid big man we need. Not necessarily, you know, Jackson Hayes is the JaVale McGee and Goga Batadze is the Dwight Howard of this team, right? It's like, go get Goga is what we're trying to say. Yeah, and I love Kelly Olenek as well. I mean, that is a no-brainer if you can get him. He's only making $13 million. It's funny you bring up the magic because one name I had on here that I circled as like the wackiest Rob Palenka trade that could ever happen would be if somehow he traded for Jonathan Isaac. That for me would come out of nowhere and I would be like, oh shit. It's weird because the dude is very brittle. You're not sure. He only plays like 15 minutes a game. He he probably will sit back to backs, but in terms of upside, you're not going to find a better 15 minute wing defender at the forward position than a Jonathan Isaac if he's healthy, you know? The, The other problem with Jonathan Isaac though is he's making like 24 million or 20 million and so you have to cobble up a lot of salary to get him so that's why i feel like it would be a little bit unfeasible yeah some big man names that i that i kind of circled here would be isaiah stewart on the detroit pistons it's funny it's funny that i bring up isaiah stewart because if anybody remembers his most famous probably game tape right now is him charging like a bull towards lebron james so it would be funny to get that type of player and then Zach Collins from the Spurs. Um, right now oh, he's coming yeah. off the bench and he's kind of, he, to me, he's kind of like Kelly Olynyk, but more of like the athletic younger version of Kelly Olynyk. can pass, can shoot. And so if we can somehow finally make a deal with the Spurs happen, I feel like that would be a good margin <laughs> move to make to get yeah. a, a Zach Collins, you know? So I think we made a pretty good list of like potential trade targets who would actually help the Lakers and who I feel like would actually come out of nowhere if Rob Palenka pulled these trades off. Before we get to buyout names, I have some combos of some players that we listed that I think the Lakers could feasibly get together. So I already mentioned Nick Richards and Cody Martin from the Hornets. What about Caleb Martin, who I mentioned before, plus Kevin Love for Gabe Vincent and Jackson Hayes? What if we gave them Gabe Vincent back? Doesn't that make so much sense? Give their their damaged goods back? Yeah, hell yeah. Damaged goods (laughs) They did it again. This. We we got none. <laughs> so he, I'll, I'll list them all out, and you tell me who, who you like. So get Caleb okay. Martin and Caleb, boom. Okay. Nick Richards and Cody Martin, boom. Kelly Olynyk plus Chris Dunn. Just put them all together, you know? Yeah. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. and Dorian Finney-Smith. Put them together. Goga Batadze, Markel Fultz. Put them together. So Markel Fultz is a newer name, but he kind of Fultz fits ahead that. on my list too. But I was like, I don't know. The fit's kind of whatever, but... The fit's wonky, but if you still have D'Lo, and he's coming off the bench as that change-of-pace guard who's athletic, downhill attacker, 
I could see it working, especially because he's on an expiring deal. And I think the Magic don't know what they want to do with him. So do you like any of those combos or do you like all of them? Because I kind of like all of them. Like it, All of these make sense to me to upgrade the team. Yeah, I think I think for us, the pick would just depend on cost. Like, what are you yeah. giving up the most? But like, I think the one I love the most, honestly, like in terms of uh, playoff situation is the Brooklyn one. Because I could just see DFS play like 35, 38 minutes mm-hmm. for us in the playoffs. And, and a lot of the other guys you mentioned, you know, although they play a big role and, and serve a big purpose in the regular season, I could see them not playing as much because a lot of the bigs, like AD is going to just phase them out and play like 40, 42, 44 minutes in the playoffs. So they kind of, you know, they, they'll get definitely get spot minutes. But I, DFS and D, Dennis Smith, I, I could definitely see them playing like a lot of good playoff minutes. And Dennis Smith definitely like unlocks Reeves and D'Lo, like depending on where they are in the rotation. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'd go with that package. Yeah, I like that package too. I think my top one would still be Nick Richards and Cody Martin, but I'm starting to like... Their contracts are good too. So yeah, I would have to look at that too. I'm starting to lean more and more towards this Caleb Martin and Kevin Love thing because we reunite Kevin Love with LeBron James. Kevin Love is actually having a really good season. He still rebounds the hell out of the ball, still shoots the lights out. He's shooting really well. Yeah, Caleb Martin, you saw what he did in the playoffs, so you can trust that guy. Although it's a Heat player. Do we want to trust another Heat player? But we are giving them another Heat player back, so who knows? (laughs) Yeah, maybe the the world balances out and everything works (laughs) out. Exactly. So... The the most dark, this is kind of like my pipe dream out of nowhere left field deal that I feel like has a 1% chance of happening. But the craziest deal that I feel like Palinka could pull off that nobody has talked about yet, what would happen if Rob Palinka traded Rui Hachimura and Jackson Hayes, added whatever picks he needs to, for Jakob Pertl? who's making $19 million. And all of a sudden, the Lakers have their bruising big man. That would be out of left field, but then you, you're you not sure if you like it yet or not, but you're like, you know what? Maybe. You know what's crazy? I actually thought of putting Portal on my, li- on my list of mm. bigs, but my only hesitation was, I know the Raptors gave up a little, like a lot to, to get him, uh, first sure. round pick, which at the time was a lot at last year's trade deadline. But things have changed. Masai is making moves finally. He's set, he's selling. So I would not be opposed to that deal at all. And did did you did, did you say he was on expiring or he's on um a contract? I don't think he's expiring, but he's making $19 million for I believe the next four years or so, but that's just slightly gonna be above the mid-level at this point in like two years. So yeah, I would not be opposed to that. You, you know what deal I I thought you would have mentioned, but you you I think you probably have posted it on Twitter. But the Wizards. We could go back to that Wizards well and get grab Gafford and uh, yes. DeLon Wright, who I've been super high on because that's another point of attack defensive guard that we've been mm-hmm. talking about. And I think those two could be added to to the pool that you just mentioned. And that like they the combos list, yeah, yeah, the combos list, yeah. I know I kind of went back to it, but I thought of no, no, no. I I have loved Gafford for a long time, and I've been saying Delon Wright is the guard you want out of the Washington Wizards instead of Tyus Jones, given the guard crop we have right now. Because it's almost to me, it's almost re- extra redundant to have Tyus Jones, D'Angelo Russell, and Austin Reeves. It's like, should we talk about Tyus and, and Bruce Brown? I feel like we haven't talked about them. Uh, why don't we talk about Bruce Brown? I, I think. Where are you with him? 
he would be a great fit next to D'Angelo Russell, ironically, I feel like. That's the type of guy you next need to next D'Lo, to a skill yeah, guard. Yeah, next to D'Lo. The only problem is he's making like $20 million. And if in a non-D'Angelo Russell package, you would need to trade either Rui Hachimura or four players. You know, I don't know if the Toronto Raptors want or need four players, but in terms of just like fortifying the guard crop with that bully ball defender, you have Bruce Brown, Austin Reese, and D'Angelo Russell. Sign me up. Yeah. You know what makes things really difficult is um, the whole Austin Reeves playmaking point guard experiment that didn't really work as well as we intended. Because, like, it this would be so – this exercise would be so easy if Reeves could prove to us that he could do, like, 70% of what D'Lo can do playmaking-wise. Yeah. But, yeah, to see uh, D'Lo and, and Bruce Brown in a lineup together would be really fun because – Bruce Brown does a lot of what we just kind of talked about. Like he mm-hmm. is super, super athletic. You can you can pretty much use him as like in a lot of ways as a cutter, as a screener, as a he can bring the ball up. He, I mean, he brought the ball up on us uh, in the Western Conference Finals and took it coast to coast. So he could do that for us. Uh, there's a lot of utility with him. Obviously, his contract is not the best, but I definitely like you could definitely. Um, flip that at any other point if you wanted to to any contender because he he's like a plug and play fit but yeah it would be tough you know you would not want to let go of D'Lo in that instance but I I, I would be okay with giving up Rui and whatever to get him because yeah. again like we there's no minutes that we can give Rui at, at this current junction um and that's true that's that's the that's always the tough thing there yeah. Um, so yeah, really quickly to close it out, I, I tease it at the start. Let's talk about buyout, guys. This may be the only yeah. relevant portion of this episode, <laughs> given, I don't know, some of the names we talked about may have moved at this point. But the Lakers actually may be buyout players this year because they did save a portion of their MLE to use about $1.9 million, which means they don't have to give whoever they sign out of off the buyout market, the prorated amount for the rest of the year is probably like half a million, you know, they can give them 1.9 million as if they had signed them to the vet min at the start of the season, you know? So mm-hmm. actually shrewd thinking by Rob Palinka. And then on top of that, per the new CBA rules, there's going to be a lot of contenders who are above the first apron and second apron who will not be able to sign some of these buyouts. We don't have competition, finally. (laughs) We don't have competition, exactly. The Lakers are still under that first apron, and so they can sign anybody who makes above the mid-level. A lot of these teams, like, for example, like the contending teams like the Warriors, they cannot sign a Kyle Lowry who recently got traded and maybe bought out. They won't be able to sign a Gordon Hayward if he gets bought out. Spoiler alert, he's one of the names on this list. Um, so the Lakers actually may have an advantage in this respect. But for you, who are some names that you could potentially see being bought out that you would find um, interesting for the Lakers? Uh, you just mentioned him, uh, Gordon Hayward. He's like at the top of my list. I think he is literally like the the most perfect guy you can add to um, our front court because of all the versatility he brings. And at that value, like he's going to like bring it that and more. Like your return on investment is going to be crazy because he's still like surprisingly at the beginning of the year. And I don't know how like injured he is, but like he was still efficient. Like uh, I forget his numbers, but like 18, five and five type of guy. Like, mm-hmm. and he can do it all. Like he can play off ball, he can play on ball, he can play make a little bit. Um, so like he would significantly like improve the floor of the team. And I think something that um, I think the Lakers should like 
do their best to go to go get because you know when you when you look at all the moves in totality like depending on you know what decision what decision tree they follow like if they do kind of make those margin moves plus add a gordon hayward that's mm. that's awesome like you you kind of uh hit a home run during the season to kind of make uh, that final push to, to the playoffs. Yeah. It's almost like making a big splash without making a big splash in terms of the assets that have to go out. If you're able to get a Gordon Hayward type on the buyout market. And I agree with you. Gordon Hayward is like, you have Austin Reeves as the connector piece for the guards. And then you have a connector piece in Gordon Hayward for the wings. You know, you have more exactly. playmaking. And as we've seen in this very uncreative stagnant offense of Darvin Ham, the more guys you can have on the court who can handle the ball and do something with it, the better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and Gordon Hayward is exactly that. Um, he's definitely on my list. I also have Otto Porter Jr. I have no idea where this guy's at in terms of his health. <laughs> it, yeah. it seems like he hasn't played ever since the Golden State Warriors championship. He won the championship and was like, I'm out. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. But if he can if he can channel some some 15 minute version of himself, like let's say for whatever reason, some like by some miracle of God, Torian Prince is shipped out in a deal, right? <laughs> Otto, Otto Porter Jr. coming in and only playing 15 minutes, I feel like would be a good way to replace Torian Prince. You know, he might have yeah. a, a little bit of juice left. So there's Otto Porter. Ham may start him though. Ham may start him and break him down exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I actually, one of the skill sets that I'm looking for in the buyout market that I feel like is readily available in the buyout market would be shooters. And yeah. so I have a crop of shooters here. You tell me if you like any one of them. Doug McDermott, I could see being bought out by the Spurs. His teammate, Chetty Osman, I could see being bought out. Oh, that's a LeBron friend. A LeBron friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Evan Fournier on the Knicks. If he's traded in another deal, that team will likely buy him out. Mike Mascala, old ex-Laker Mike Mascalas could get bought out, as well as his teammate on the Detroit Pistons, Danilo Gallinari. Now, one dark horse that I want to add to this list that nobody's talking about, and he may be cooked, he may be rooted, but if he's not, and this is another LeBron James friend, or maybe he's not. I just remember he was on the Cleveland Cavaliers to start his career. But I would see if we can revive Joe Harris a little bit, because I feel like that guy's going to get bought out. And if you're talking about a pure shooter, and it's crazy. We're like months removed from talking about having Joe Harris in a Kyrie Irving deal and being like, that might work. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he just hasn't been healthy. But if he has somehow, I mean, he hasn't, he's barely played. So I'm sure he's got some run in him left for the, the rest of the season. If you can revive Joe Harris and put him next to LeBron James, I mean, to me, that would be ideal. But again, that's heavily dependent on his health. But any thoughts on Doug McDermott, Chetty Osman, Evan Fournier, Mike Mascala, Danilo Gallinari, and Joe Harris? This rounds out the pure shooters group. Yeah, I, I like a lot of those names, honestly. I mean, they'd be another uh, shooter to the add, to add to the crop of, you know, lack of shooters we have. I, I like Chetty Osman a lot. He plays hard, uh, can play both ends. Uh, so he'd be like a great fit. And he's young too. Um, Doug McDermott's still solid shooter he you know he would help um what was the last guy you just mentioned the the uh danilo gallinari evan fournier and joe harris oh yeah joe harris uh yeah joe harris that's so crazy that like just months ago that he was included sources were saying that joe harris and kyrie irving were, were included in the and he's barely played i don't, I don't know yeah. like what happened to him he's on the pistons i think but mm -hmm. um he's barely 
I, I haven't really noticed him. Um, yeah, I think he, there's still some juice left there. Like, I, I think uh, on, in a small role, like 15 minutes a night, I, I think he can hit a few threes and, and as well as uh, some of the other guys. The question, I, I guess, becomes is, are, are the Lakers going to use that 15th spot depending on what happens with the trades? Because we're pretty close, I think, uh, in terms of what the luxury tax or the apron. I forget the, the first term. apron. Yeah, we're, we only have like five million dollars left. So, yeah, it, it'll be heavily dependent on whatever deals we make and how far below we are to that first apron. Yeah, but I think if we do make that Murray trade, we definitely need a shooter. And, and it's something that I, I think I said on Twitter not too long ago. I think we should try to try to get Bogdanovich back in that Atlanta mm -hmm. Hawks deal. Cause he's still an, like a really good catch and shoot guy. And I don't know what the framework would look like, but um, I, hopefully it's not too much that we would have to give up. But um, I think getting him would be a, a, an upgrade to our shooting crop. And we probably wouldn't need to, you know, go bargain hunting. Um, but yeah, like I, I think a lot of those guys are, would, would help out immediately. Yeah, for sure. So do you have any guys who potentially could get butt out at the center position? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, so if you ahead. don't, it's fine. The list is short. Bismack Biombo is still out there because you know the Memphis Grizzlies <laughs> waved that guy. So Bismack Biombo is still out there. And I actually think if no one else bids for him, I think Andre Drummond could get to the buyout market. You know, if That's nobody true. bids for him, the Bulls are like, uh, you know what? Let's let you play for some other team. And at that point, yes, you could have a Lakers reunion that way. So Andre Drummond, Bismack Biombo, um, I could see becoming uh, centers on the buyout market. Lastly, let's really quickly talk about the guard spot. I mentioned it before. There's Kyle Lowry. <laughs> um, I think Kyle Lowry as a buyout guy if he's in a backup role would work. I'm just not sure that Ham can restrain himself from playing that dude 35 minutes if he's a Laker, you know? So that would be my primary concern. If yeah. I, if you told me Kyle Lowry is only playing 15 minutes and scrapping on D and using that plush bottom of his, I'm like, okay, sign me up. We could use the playmaking. We can use him being scrappy for a little bit, but under Ham, he's going to start, Kyle Lowry over everybody else and close with him as well. So you didn't know that that, that that's our uh, small ball five backup center. Uh, that, <laughs> that's Kyle Lowry. That's how we're going to convince him to come over and play. Oh Lord. Uh, yeah. I, I, I cannot see a world where he does not play more than 20 minutes. Like he is going to get 25 and beyond. Um, and I don't know who at, it's either going to be at a, at the expense of Austin or whichever guard we do bring. Um, maybe his old friend Gabe Vincent, but uh, I, I think there's like tons of utility still there. Like he's still like, I love the way he plays in terms of like, he gets the rebound and just, it's like a grab and go like type of effort in trying to get um, transition opportunities uh, for the, for the team. And then, Defensively, obviously, he's kind of, you know, he's older. The athleticism isn't as there, but he's still solid. Like, he gets his hands in, like, remember the game we, we faced off? He had, like, six deals that game. Like, he yeah. just gets, like, in passing lanes. Like, he's his IQ is there. And, you know, obviously, the Lakers were interested in him, like, a few seasons ago. Um, so, I'm sure that interest is still there. But just depends on where they're at in terms of um, the trades. And I know we keep coming back to that. But. I think he, you know, he he's going to help uh, any contending team.
Yeah, it's again, it's uh, with Ham with this Lakers team, it's all about utilization, right? And yeah, Lowry actually had some pretty good games in the playoffs, like 18 and 6, 14 and 4, 15 and 4. So he can still do stuff in limited minutes. Lastly, this is my darkest horse buyout guy on this list, and we'll end here. Okay, well, I lied. Before that, if somehow Alec Burks isn't traded to another team. I could see him becoming a buyout guy as well. And then at that point, he would move to the top of my list along with Gordon Hayward yeah. because, man, the Lakers could use a, a bucket getter, you know, off the bench. And oh, he's 100%. been lighting it up for the Pistons. He can shoot the ball. He can handle. You just need that Jamal Crawfordy type of guy. You know yeah, I mean? we need a microwave scorer big time. So there's Alec Burks. Now, my, my crazy dark horse buyout candidate would be Chris Paul. What are your oh. thoughts on Chris Paul if the Warriors, I, I think they will use his salary slot for something, you know, for an upgrade, or maybe they just let him walk at the end of the season, but it would be prudent to use that salary slot for something. And I would assume whatever team Chris Paul goes to will buy him out. So kind of the same issue with Kyle Lowry, but obviously Chris Paul still has way more juice than Kyle Lowry. And I guess it wouldn't necessarily be the end of the world if Darvin Ham is u- using Chris Paul more than other guys if he's playing up to Chris Paul standards, but yeah, your thoughts on CP3. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think CP3 would be a really good addition. Um, just the overall collective in terms of IQ, uh, his playmaking is still top notch. Uh, I have him in, on a few fantasy teams. So, you know, he was bringing in Me those <laughs> ATO. He's, he's still like one of the leaders in that too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I'd see like utility and bringing CP3 and, and, I don't see a world where the Warriors don't make a move in, in mm-hmm. you know, trading him somewhere and he gets uh, bought out. And it's it's not like his injury is super serious where, um, you know, you're concerned with his play afterwards. I think it's a hand or wrist something, right? So, like, once you go through the rehab and everything is all set, like, there's no impact to, like, your conditioning. If it was, like, something related to his hamstring or ankle, I would be concerned. Uh, obviously, he's older, but, like, you know, between him and LeBron, I think – uh, I was kind of hoping CP would be available in, in the off season. It obviously didn't work out, but like, you know, um, why not? Let's, let's bring in one of uh, LeBron's old banana boat buddy. Uh, so, but also former Lakers CP three, it will finally come full circle. Right. And I, I think with the thing about Chris Paul too, that has made him a wonky fit with the Warriors is CP three is not really a system player. He can play in a system, but CP three is more of a, give me the ball and let me orchestrate things. And, under Darvin Ham, who doesn't have a system, perfect. There you go. Give it to Chris Paul, right? And so exactly. I, I hope you're ready, by the way, for if that happens and comes to fruition. I hope you're ready for the Chris Paul, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, three-guard lineups of death that Darvin Ham <laughs> will surely employ at some point. So can't wait for that. But um, yeah, with that said, Omar, thank you so much for joining me again for this trade, trade-a-palooza right before the trade deadline. Again, We're not sure how relevant most of this is. I still think there's a lot of insightful content here and a lot of names that probably haven't been touched upon that even if a DeJounte Murray deal has happened, there are still a lot of margin names we talked about that the Lakers can pull in conjunction with a a DeJounte deal. And obviously all of these buyout guys will probably still be relevant as the dust settles before trade deadline date of february 8th so omar thank you for joining me again and uh yeah we will definitely catch up on twitter or on this pod again after the trade deadline happens and we see whether we have a new team we should we should definitely still have a new team how new is the question but um i will catch you later man
It was a pleasure, man. I had fun. Absolutely. See ya. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.